Welcome to the Christian Life Podcast. At Christian Life, we're all about making disciples of all generations. If you'd like to connect with us and find out more about what's going on here, you can find us on Facebook at CLC Gridley, and of course on the web at clcgridley.org. We hope that God speaks to you through the message you're about to hear. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in. You know, one of my, you know, thinking back to my family, one of my favorite things about being a dad is getting to coach baseball, right? There's so many little things here, there, and everything else. But one, really, one of my favorite things, I love baseball. I love that my boys love baseball. And the ability to, to be able to be there and be their coach and watch them has really been incredible. It's been one of my favorite things about the last two years of my boys getting older. Now, as the baseball coach, right, there's a lot of stuff that comes in and a lot of laughs, a lot of fun. And some not so much fun, but we're not going to we're not going to talk about that. But uh, when we get into the practices, right? Because you know, as a coach, you got to organize all kinds of things, and you know, we get into these practices with the kids, and and we start doing warm ups, and you know, they're doing their jumping jacks, and you know, I'm being the hey guys, we got to count together, you know, doing the doing the tough guy thing, you know, whatever. And uh, one of the one of the warm-ups that we always have them do is we got to make sure that they're stretching out their legs, right? We're stretching their arms and doing all the other stuff, but we got to stretch their legs out too. So we have them, you know, spread their legs apart and touch the ground and all this other stuff. But my favorite one to watch personally, again, this is kind of evil. It's a little selfish. I'm not gonna lie. But my favorite one to watch is actually having them keep one leg on the ground and lift one leg up and you grab their ankle and have them just stand there like this and stretch their leg. I, again, admittedly, I'm evil because I'm doing this because I know so few of them can actually do it, right? They start doing it and then you start like going that like that and hopping around and all kinds of stuff. People are falling this way and falling that way. And then I get to come alongside them and say, hey, let me teach you something. Do this. And I call one of their teammates over, and I have them stand right next to them. And they both go up like this, and they both reach their arm over and put it on their teammate's shoulder. And then with that balancing, they're able to do the stretch correctly. You know, that little stretch teaches, it should anyways, teach you and I something that a lot of times we forget. We need each other. We need each other. You know, it's not just that person needs you, right? You need them. You know, it's so easy to, you know, it is so easy to think about it the other way around. It's so easy. Well, that person, is, you know, it's a dependent relationship. They depend on me, and this is everything I bring. But it's so easy to look past the fact that each one of us, we have things that we're lacking. We have relationships that we depend on for us to be the people that we believe that God created us to be. We're not created to be lone rangers, right? To be able to do everything on our own. We'll fail. You know, and there's actually a verse in the Bible that I'd love to read to you before we jump into our, our series on, uh, on James here. But it's actually found in Ecclesiastes and it's chapter 4, Ecclesiastes 4, we're going to read three verses, and then we'll jump into some other stuff here. But verse 9 of Ecclesiastes 4 says, 
two people can accomplish more than twice as much as one. Right? The math doesn't always add up, but it's true. Two people can accomplish more than twice as much as one. They get a better return for their labor. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help them. Remember, our stretch. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help them. But people who are alone, when they fall, are in real trouble. Isn't that the truth? I know that I've been there, right? If you're willing to be honest, I bet you would admit that sometimes you have gotten into trouble. And it's always much more difficult when you're doing it by yourself. When you haven't surrounded yourself out, right? A lot of us were guilty of kicking some of our relationships to the curb, of abandoning important relationships that are healthy and life-bringing to us. We abandon those things because we think we can do it on our own. Maybe we're embarrassed to admit that we're struggling with something. And we try and walk through those situations by ourselves, and then we wonder why everything is so difficult. It's because we were never made to go through life alone. Let's continue reading. Verse 11 says, And on a cold night, two under the same blanket can gain warmth from each other. But how can one be warm alone? We're going to just keep reading. We'll keep it PG. We're not going to get all PG-13 and go any further there. So you can infer that on your own. But verse 12, A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. You know, we're going to get back into James. But what I am asking, right, what has been, you know, what I feel like God has put on my heart as we read this next passage, as we finish up James chapter 5, right? Five chapters in the book of James, we have spent, this is now our 11th week talking about these. Incredible information. We talked about faith versus work, right? We need both. We, our faith should push us towards action. We've talked about perseverance and endurance. We've talked about some incredible issues that are 100% relevant to us today. And now, as we get to this last passage, there's gonna, it's going to highlight prayer. And we're going to talk about that. We're not skipping over that. But as we read this passage here in a moment, James 5, verses 13 to 20, as we read this, I want you to be thinking about and taking mental notes of how the Bible talks about the importance of and our need for other people. I want you to be looking out for those as we read. So if you've got your Bible, go ahead and open up to James chapter 5. If you don't, that's okay, I'll read it to you. Uh, but again, we're keying in on where it's talking about the importance of us depending on other people, how, how much we need other people, the, the, need, the, uh, the contributions that other people can make into our lives, right? And then in return, we, we reciprocate. We make the same contribution. We're available for other people as well. So let's go ahead and read that together. James 5, verse 13 to 20. Okay, so it starts off at 13. It says, are any among you suffering? They should keep on praying about it. And those who have reason to be thankful should continually sing praises to the Lord. All right, this is pretty self-explanatory. Okay, we have talked about perseverance and endurance. We, we know this, okay? It's important. We have got to persevere. We've got to keep going. 
We, some of us, we've been praying about things and we've been believing for miracles and we've been praying for our health, for our family member, for whatever. We've been praying for it for so long and still nothing has changed. Don't give up. I'm saying that to you right now. Do not give up wherever you are. James is saying that to you right now. Do not give up. Keep praying. Keep pressing forward. And then he goes on and he says, hey, if you've got something to celebrate, celebrate. Thank God for what he's done in your life. God has blessed each one of us. I don't care how difficult your life has been. I don't care what situations you've gone through. I, I don't care what, you know, what your journey has looked like every step of the way. God has been blessing you, right? He's, he's been watching out for you. And yes, we've walked through trial. We've walked through hardship. But even then, God has been watching out for us. He's been blessing us. He's been taking care of us. Because it could always have been so, so much worse. Let's continue reading. Verse 14 says, Are any among you sick? They should call for the elders of the church and have them pray over them. Anointing, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. Verse 15, And their prayer, offered in faith, will heal the sick, and the Lord will make them well. And anyone who has committed sin will be forgiven. We're going to get into one of my favorite verses here in a moment, in verse 16. But before we get there, there's something really important here. And this is, this is the first time that we really begin to, to get into this need for other people. Here's the deal. It says right there, are any among you sick? What does it say? It says you should call someone. You should call a friend, right? In, in this passage, it says you should call an elder of the church, right? You should call someone. You should call a friend from church and ask them to pray for you. Does that mean that we can't pray for ourselves? Absolutely not. We should be praying for ourselves. But... It also says, hey, if you're sick, don't try and walk it alone. Don't try and walk it alone. I love it. Last night, we got a phone call from someone here in our church that's walking through. They were asking us to pray for them, right? So what do we do? Hey, we're going to partner with you. We're going to pray. That's what the church is made for. This is what we're all about. This is part of being a family because we need each other. Right? We're better together. Let's keep going. It says, uh, uh, verse 15, And their prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make them well. And anyone who has committed sins will be forgiven. Verse 16, Confess your sins to each other. Okay, Confess your sins to each other, and pray for each other, right? So that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and wonderful results. That's what I want my life to be defined by. Man, I hope, I, I'm far from perfect, but I hope that my desire for righteousness, right, my, my, my desire, my commitment to follow Jesus, right, to, to follow what he's speaking to me, to follow his leading in my life, to stay, to stay away, to steer away from sin from temptation, right? To do everything I possibly can. To fight the good fight. To stay on the path that God's put before me. Not to give in to temptation. I hope that my life can be marked by righteousness. 
by pursuing righteousness. Because what happens when that's the truth in our life? It says the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. I want that to be marked by my prayers, right? Because we've already read that, that we should be seeking other people out to pray for us, right? And we should be praying with other people. We should be praying for other people. And I want my prayers to matter. I want my prayers, I want what I pray for to happen. If, as long as that's God's will, I want my prayers to, to happen. I want my faith to back it up. I want my life to back it up. Verse 17, again, James gives us an example. I love when the Bible gives us examples. Verse 17, Elijah was, a, was as human as we are. Couldn't read for a second there. Elijah was as human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for the next three and a half years. That's awesome. Talk about a drought. That is cool. And then, verse, uh, verse 18, Then he prayed for rain, and down it poured, the grass turned green, and the crops began to grow. Verse 19, My dear brothers and sisters, if anyone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back again, you can be sure that the one who brings that person back will save that sinner from death and bring about forgiveness of many sins. You know, there's a lot talked about in these seven verses. Really, if, I, if I'm being completely honest, in the past as I've read over this, I have focused solely on praying for others, right? Hey, if I'm sick, ask someone to pray for you, right? We should be praying for other people that, you know, verse 16 is a cool verse. I've focused on that, but I have completely skipped over what, the, what I believe the Bible was speaking. You know, it's like as I read it this week, it was like I was seeing it with, with new eyes. I was seeing it for the first time. And what stuck out to me more than anything else was the importance of our relationships. The importance, how much we need each other. I'll be honest with you. I am guilty of walking through life far too often thinking that just me and God can do it, right? I, I am guilty of not bringing my friends, the incredible people that God has put around me, has surrounded, he's brought these people into my life, and for some reason, I choose to go it alone instead of bringing these people in. And as I'm reading this, he's speaking to me, I just had to share it with you. We need each other. You know, we look at our society right now, and we've got what I will class, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic with this coronavirus, but I believe we're also in the middle of an epidemic. We are notorious for having many friendships and very few relationships. Now, the differentiating factor that I'm talking about here is we've got a lot of, you know, I mean, we, we've got our phones, right? We pull our phones out, we go on Facebook. We've got 500 friends, right? We've got 1,000 friends, 2,000 friends. But we know nothing about any of them. We have got so many friendships, right? 
So many acquaintances may be a better word for it, a more traditional word for it. We've got so many people that we've gone, you know, we've gone this deep within our relationship. We know their name, right? We we know where you know where we met them from, whose friend they are, you know. We we know basic information about so many people. And we've sacrificed having 500, 1,000, however many acquaintances. We've sacrificed and we've, we've fallen for the trap of, of that's what relationships are. That's what friendships are. We have left behind the ability. We've walked past it. The ability and really our need for those deep relationships. I hope you hear me right now. The church is a family. We should be setting the standard for everywhere else. This should not be the case in the church. The Bible says that we are to be known by our love, right? Our love for one another will prove that we are Jesus' disciples. That we are who this says we are. And so many of us, we look just like the world. We, we've got surface level relationships with everybody. But we have nobody that we can really open up and share what we're really going through. And I believe that's exactly what James 5 verse 13 to 20 is talking about. Is Hey, you need to develop these relationships because you're going to need them. When you're sick... You have to, you know, you're going to need someone to call up and, and ask to pray for you. When you're walking through difficult times, you're going to need somebody that can pick you up, right? Again, going back to our, our silly little warm-up exercise, you can only stand like this for so long, and eventually you're going to need someone else to help keep you balanced, to help keep you down the path that God's put before you. And really... The last two verses of this chapter, they get a little heavy, right? It, it talks about it. My dear brothers and sisters, if anyone among you wanders away, if any of us, we, we walk away from our faith, that's when we really need those deep relationships. We need people that when we're, when we're getting out of line, when we're struggling, right? When we're embarrassed, when we're ashamed, that we've we have to already have those relationships built. Right? Because let's be honest, we've got so many surface level relationships because of our fear of letting people in. If we don't ever cultivate those relationships, we're never gonna have them. When we need them most, we won't have them. And that is what I believe the church is meant for. Because here's the deal. Every one of us is different. we got different talents. we got different skills. Every one of us is different. we got different personalities. But each one of us serves a purpose. We've all got roles. We've got to be there for each other. We've got to build these relationships. So when I'm struggling, you're strong. And when you're struggling, I'm strong. And we can together... We can encourage each other and point each other in the right direction. And we can walk out the purpose that God has planned for us together. I mean, goodness, 
How often now are we hearing about people that are getting sick? They're walking through health struggles. Don't we realize we need other people? We can't do it alone, guys. Our quality of life goes down the toilet when we try and do it by ourselves. Because eventually you're going to get tired. You can only do it on your own, on your own for so long before you get exhausted and you want to give up. And that's where these deep relationships come into play. You know, I've got another passage I want to read to you. It's found in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I'm going to read a couple verses. We're going to start at verse 12. Uh, so we're going to read 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12 to 14, and then we'll read uh, 18 to 20 as well. It says this, it says, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up only one body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free, but we have all been baptized into Christ's body by one Spirit, and we have all received the same Spirit. Verse 14, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. And then let's skip down to verse 18. It says, but God made our bodies with many parts, and he has put each part just where he wants it. What a strange thing a body would be if it only had one part. Man, we would look like some aliens. We would be crazy looking if we only, you know, if we were made up of one part. Verse 20, yes, there are many parts, but only one body. So what this passage is saying is, each one of us is different. We struggle with different things. We walk through different seasons in our life. We've got different talents. We've got different giftings. We, and we've got different hobbies. We've got different opinions, right? There's so many things that make us different. We look different. We talk different. We you know, earn a living different. There's so many things that make us different from each other. But those things that make us different are supposed to bring us together and make us whole as a team, not separate us. You know, if you read some of those verses that we skipped over, it talks about, you know, if, if an ear said, I'm not going to be a part of the body because I can't see, or, you know, it goes into all these silly examples that, you know, we talk about and we're like, well, that's ridiculous. But yet we do this in real life. God has uniquely made each one of us to support, to encourage, to better the lives of others. He's made them to do the same thing for you. And so many of us, you know, as we, we get ready to conclude this series on James, there's been so much good stuff here. He's talked about so many hard-hitting issues, again, that are still relevant today. But as I read through this again with new eyes for the first time, and, I, and now I'm sharing it with you, I think it's, it's interesting and it's encouraging. But the last things he says, it's about praying for each other, about being there for each other, and about the job, the importance of relationships in our lives. We need these relationships if we're to make it through. We need these relationships to encourage each other on, to, to push each other forward. And really... We need these relationships because we're just broken people. We're messed up people 
when we meet each other. You know, I, I, uh, I read a statement, and Veronica, and my wife, and I were talking about it. And I, I'm going to throw this out to you. I'll leave you with this before we pray. What if we began going to church not to receive, not to be fed, but we began going to church with the thought process, with the intentionality of not just being ministered to, but ministering to someone else. I'm not, this isn't a play on words. This is something that could change each one of our lives. If we just stopped consuming and we started contributing. If we, we take what God has put inside of us, we foster these relationships, we invest in these relationships, and we allow the giftings and the talents that God has given us to bless other people. Instead of being so focused on what we need and what I need and what's good for me and everything else. We're one body. We're in this together. We're one family. You can throw whatever fun illustration you want at it. We're in this together. Let's do it together. Let's encourage each other forward together. Let's pray for each other. Don't be ashamed to ask for prayer. That should be something we celebrate. Asking for prayer isn't a sign of weakness. That's a sign of strength. That's a sign of, hey, I know who I am. I know the challenges I face. And I know that I need help. And I know that God has put you in my life to do just that. That's what asking for prayer is. Let's do this together. Love to pray for you. Jesus, right now, as a church family, God, we ask that you would help us. God, our society, it's, it's just been ingrained in us, God. And sometimes we run with it way too easily, God. And other times, you know, God, just help us to, to fight that urge. God, to be so self-centered, so self-thinking. God, that we, we miss out on the, the incredible relationships that you've given us. God, the life-bringing relationships that you put right in front of us. God, help us to, to enter church. God, to enter our, our families here. God, and we, we don't just think about what that person contributes to me, God, but we think about how we can contribute as well. Help us to be people that love other people, that invest in other people, and we're willing to be vulnerable enough, God, to open up our hearts, God, to share our struggles, and allow other people to encourage us. That, in my eyes, is the definition of family. And that, that's what we believe that you want for us, God, and that's what we want. God, help us. Help us to learn to trust again. God, help us to learn, God, to believe in other people. God, to see the best in other people. God, I pray that you would forgive us, God, for for critical thoughts, God, for, for falling in with stereotypes. God, help us to be people that, that love others. God, help us to see other people how you see them. God, and help us to be vulnerable. It's a difficult word. God, but I believe that that is a key that unlocks real relationships. 
God, that's what we desire. God, I pray that you would speak to each heart. God, you'd encourage us. And you'd speak to us right where we're at. God, help us to grow in this area. God, we thank you for what you spoke to us through the book of James. God, I thank you for each one of those segments, God, those passages, God, that, that hit us right at our core. God, I pray that we would continue this forward. God, that we would continue to grow. We praise you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. We trust you've been encouraged and challenged to grow. If we can help you grow in your relationship with Jesus, please connect with us on Facebook or on clcgridley.org. We're now offering this same content and much more in video form on YouTube. We'll put the link below. If you'd like access to that information, please subscribe so you'll stay up to date on what's going on here. See you next week on the Christian Life Podcast.